Conjuring Classics, Conjuring 2. Hello and welcome to a new year of film and media associated deep dives and reviews that is known as the FilmSpark podcast. I am your host Ebony and welcome to season 2. This season we're kicking it off with a deep dive series based on the notorious paranormal investigators the Warrens and their infamous investigations now known as the famous film franchise The Conjuring Universe. But is what we see on the screen the truth or mere fiction for ratings? It's this question and others I hope to answer within this series. So grab your popcorn, a plushie and a drink as we deep dive The Conjuring Classics. This is episode 3, The Conjuring 2, or The Enfield Story. The Film In 1976, paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren investigate the Amityville murders at the Amityville house to determine if a demonic presence was truly responsible for Ronald DeFiro Jr. killing his entire family on November 13, 1974 and the subsequent haunting incident involving the Lutz family. During a seance, Lorraine is drawn into a vision where she relives the murders and encounters a demonic nun figure. She then witnesses Ed being impaled, badly frightening her. One year later, the Hodgson family begins to experience strange occurrences in their home in the London borough of Enfield after Janet, the second oldest of the four children, plays with a Ouija board. Janet starts to sleepwalk and converses in her dreams with an entity in the form of an angry elderly man who sits in the family's armchair, insisting the house is his. Eventually, the Hodgson siblings and their mother Peggy witness paranormal events, terrifying them, seeking refuge with their neighbours. When the media attempts to interview the family, Janet is possessed by the elderly man, Bill Wilkins, who previously lived and died in the house. As Janet shows more signs of demonic possession, the story eventually reaches the Warrens and their assistance is requested to prove whether or not Janet's possession is a hoax. Lorraine, fearful that her vision of Ed's death may become reality, warns him not to get involved. She has another vision of the demonic nun in Ed's study. The demon says its name, which Lorraine scratches into her Bible in a trance. While staying at the Hodgson residence, Ed and Lorraine consult other paranormal investigators, including Maurice Gross and Anita Gregory, on the legitimacy of the case. Gregory presents video evidence of Janet wrecking the kitchen on purpose, thereby discrediting the haunting. Based on his, Ed and Lorraine decide to leave, believing the family is lying for fame. However, they discover that the spirit of Wilkins is only a pawn being manipulated by the true demon, the powerful nun, who is seeking to break Janet's will. Lorraine realises that her abilities had been blocked by the nun, preventing her from grasping the truth of Janet's possession. Ed and Lorraine quickly return to the Hodgson residence and find Janet possessed and the rest of the Hodgsons locked outside the house. Ed ventures inside alone and finds Janet at the window, ready to commit suicide. He manages to grab Janet in time but is closer falling. Lightning strikes a tree in the yard, turning it into the stump that impales Ed and Lorraine's vision. Lorraine finds her Bible in which she wrote the demon's name, Voluck. She addresses the demon by its name, gaining dominion over it and successfully condemning it back to hell. Janet is freed of its possession and Lorraine pulls her and Ed to safety, 
After returning home, Ed adds an item to his and Lorraine's collection. A haunted crooked man, Zoetrope, toy owned by Peggy's youngest child, placing it beside April Perrin's music box and the Animal doll. Fact versus Fiction When the Hodgson family sat down to play with a Ouija board in August 1977, they could have had no idea of what was in store. Far from a fun parlour game, the board stirred up a poltergeist who would threaten to take over their lives with the entire family. In a world where most people question the presence and reality of spirits and ghosts, the story of the Enfield haunting stands out. If the supernatural realm does not exist, then what did the family experience? But what actually happened in that quiet family home in North London? How much of the story can we really be sure is true, and how much, like with so many Hollywood movies, is simply fiction? In the year 1977, the Hodgson family, consisting of Peggy Hodgson and her two boys and her two girls, moved into a council house in Enfield, North London. They were not there long before they started to experience strange events in the house. Although there is some doubt as to the exact date on the hauntings, Peggy Hodgson remains that the hauntings began on August 30, 1977. On that night, Janet and Margaret, Peggy's daughters, came into her room to tell her that their brother's beds were moving on their own. Margaret was 13 at the time and Janet was 10. They complained not only of furniture moving on its own, but also knocking noises coming from the bedroom walls. The following night, Peggy heard loud noises coming from the upper floor of the house. The noises came from the large oak chest that was somehow moving on its own. When Peggy tried to stop the chest from moving, she was unable to stop its progress towards the door. It seemed as if the chest wanted to trap them inside. The strange experiences became more frequent at that point and were mostly experienced by the children at the house. Margaret, and especially Janet, seemed to be the particular target of the poltergeist, and it had been these two who had played with the Ouija board. Janet later admitted she had tried to call spirit, and it seemed one had answered. But this was not some childhood make-believe. Other adult witnesses, including a policewoman who made a written report, saw the inexplicable paranormal activity in the house. The policewoman saw a chair levitate nearly an inch from the floor and float towards a corner, moving some four feet in total. However, despite these credible eyewitness accounts, the police never stepped in to help the Hodgsons. It quickly became clear that the Enfield house was indeed haunted by a poltergeist. The paranormal occurrences started increasing day by day. Knocking sounds ran up and down the walls and ceilings of the houses and rooms. The knocking sounds would typically fade in and out, sounding like someone knocking from the other side of the walls as they moved up and down, seemingly through the walls and the floors. This quickly frightened the family to such an extent that they chose to sleep together in one room. Peggy went to seek help from her neighbours, the Nottingham family. The Nottinghams also confirmed that they could hear the knocking noise from the walls and the ceiling, which was enough to frighten them also. Some of the knocking sounds were even recorded on tape. Word got out about the strange events and the house was visited by magicians, police officers, psychics, paranormal researchers and journalists who were trying to make sense of the happenings. Among other things, this ensued... There were many witnesses to the paranormal activity at the house. But worst of all was when the ghosts started targeting the children themselves. 
Janet was several times picked up by the ghost levitating in the air. This was even captured in photos by a Daily Mirror journalist named Graham Morris. The photos are somewhat open to interpretation and skeptics could argue that they only show Janet jumping from the bed. However, witnesses at the time say that they had seen Janet levitating in the air on multiple occasions. The first paranormal investigators of the Enfield case were Maurice Gross and Guy Lyon Playfair, sent by the Society for Physical Research. The pair confirmed that the house was indeed haunted and that they had personally seen toys and furniture in the house moving on their own. After Maurice Gross even witnessed the possession of Janet by the ghost, famous US paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren also stepped in to investigate the case, spending a day in the house and providing the central narrative for what we now know as The Conjuring 2. While their involvement was not as extensive as portrayed in the movie, the Warrens also confirmed that the Enfield house had an extreme level of paranormal inhuman activity. One of the significant pieces of evidence, that of the possessions and paranormal activity, is a tape recording of Janet speaking in a gruff male voice. The voice does not sound like anything a young girl could imitate. In the tape recording, Janet is heard recounting the circumstances of an old man's death reportedly named Bill Wilkins. In Bill's voice, Janet revealed details of his death that she could not have known, adding to the credibility of the experience. She said that he became blind moments from his death, suffering from a brain hemorrhage. Bill indeed had fallen asleep and died in a chair placed in one corner of a room in the same house the Hodgins were living in. These and other details of Bill Wilkins were presented to his son. He was able to confirm that the words spoken through Janet were right in almost every detail. The paranormal activity at the house continued for some time. According to Janet, it was only after the priest was finally brought in to bless the house that the poltergeist became dormant. The activity eventually subsided, but the family always continued to hear noises in the house from time to time. The family would even say that they felt like someone watched them silently, although there were no further physical manifestations. Janet often said that the poltergeist had never harmed the family and that she thought it just wanted to feel acknowledged. However, in part due to the sensationalist media attention that the case got, many felt the most of the occurrences were a hoax. Janet later went on to admit that they faked a small number, she estimated some 2% of events in the house which she said was to test the investigators. However, she was adamant that the vast majority of occurrences, including all those experienced by the family, were supernatural in origin. An admission of fakery will always lead to questions about all the events in the house. Whether true in entirety or in some extent, the Enfield haunting certainly proves the presence of paranormal entities remains a source of fascination for the general public. So what have we learned? They admitted to faking some of the story, which, honestly in my eyes, makes me sceptic of it in its entirety. How do you feel about the Enfield story? Are you a believer or merely a sceptic? My name is Ebony, this has been the FilmSpark Podcast, and thank you for joining me in Episode 3 of the Conjuring Classics, Conjuring 2. Join me next week for Episode 4, The Haunting.